Hello, Revolution family. We've got a great episode for you today, um, but we will be discussing uh, some more heavy and mature topics. So if you are a younger listener, uh, we just uh, advise you to check with your parent or guardian before uh, continuing with this episode. Uh, Or if you're tuning in with younger listeners nearby you, please use your discretion. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the wonderful world of the Revolution Podcast. Yes, sir. I'm Chase. I'm back with my friend, Quinn. What's up, Quinn? Nothing much. Good, good. Uh, man, we've got quite the episode planned uh, for everybody today. Um, but first, just want to kind of breathe into things. Quinn, you've had an eventful uh, week this past little while. Why don't you tell everybody uh, what's been going on in your sweet, sweet life? Yeah, it's been a sweet, sweet life. I'll yeah. just say that. Um, oh, man. Last week we had our final youth party and it was going great. Uh, me and Chase, we got a band. So we played there. We played an amazing set list. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, and they had an inflatable slide and it was it was truly a joy for most people. Um, but I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I told myself, mom, don't bring me swim shorts. I'm not going to do the slide. But then I was like, wait a second. It's my last night of youth. I'm going to yeah. go down the slide. Yeah. So it's a big inflatable water slide. And I I go down it. And there's like a little kiddie pool at the end. It's a couple inches deep. It's like maybe five, six inches deep, if that. And there's no cushion at the bottom. So keep this in mind. And so I, I run down. I go down the slide and I run to the end and me not thinking, I jump and I belly flop into the kiddie pool. Yeah. Um, hit my head and I get up and I'm it hurt. It kind of stung and I was like, all right, this is this kind of hurts. And so somebody looks at me and they're like, Quinn, you're bleeding. I was like, all right, sounds good. It's probably just a little bit. And somebody's like, no, 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 you're like really bleeding. And so one of the youth leaders comes in, gets me, and I'm like blood streaming all down my face. Uh, I got like a big cut in my forehead. Yeah. And so I had to spend the next three hours in ER. I got about six oh, stitches. Oh, um, my word. <laughs> so that was fun. I also just finished high school yesterday. Yeah. That's and, good. you know, there's nothing like a way to remember high school. Like, oh, yeah. Go into the bathroom and your earbud, your earbuds fall out of your pocket and they fall into the toilet (laughs) on your last day of school that's what happened yeah exactly um so i did grab them out of the toilet did they work uh no they didn't (laughs) so you need new earbuds i do awesome good christmas present idea you Mm -hmm. can wait till christmas yeah that's sweet man good stuff well but you're doing good yes you're doing good that's good Sweet. Well, uh, today we are finishing off our last little trilogy of episodes that we're starting off the podcast with, kind of looking at some, uh, what you could call concerning things that we see in our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, We started off with the um, epidemic of of weak faith. and then we talked about um, individualism and materialism and kind of the world's definition of success and how we want to uh, fight against that. And today we are talking about the porn industry mm-hmm. and um, how common that 
participating in that is in people's lives, just as viewers, um, and the effects that that can have on people's lives. We, me and Quinn were talking um, about this episode earlier this week, and we were like, we could do an entire series just on pornography, um, its addictive qualities, the effects it has, mm -hmm. um, how to break free from it, all these different things. So we're just going to try to focus things as much as possible today. Um, and you know how we are, so we can maybe go a little bit off track, but we'll try to, we'll try to keep things, um, pretty focused in. Yeah. So we want to start off just by framing this, what we would see as a problem, a uh, big problem. Um, and fundamentally, uh, we think we, we, you, you start from the premise that um, pornography and viewing pornography is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, that's where we start from. Uh, I know not everybody starts from that place, but um, I mean, if, if, if you don't believe in the Bible, then I guess you can decide whatever is right and wrong for you because mm -hmm. that's kind of how things work. Um, but if, if you are a believer, if, if you do take the words of the Bible seriously, then you have to take the words of Jesus seriously. Uh, in, in the gospel of Matthew, seriously, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, you've heard it said that um, you shall not commit adultery with a woman. But I say to you, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you have already committed ad adultery with her. Yeah. Um, and I have never met a man who like would ever just look at porn without lusting after the woman, right? Um, people often use porn not just for looking at it but uh for doing other things uh with themselves uh at the same time and that's very much in the definition of lust and so generally pornography use is going to be that sinful kind of lust that jesus is talking about so we start from the place that uh, pornography is wrong and th there's an old saying um that sin isn't bad because god forbids it god forbids it because it's bad so we want to ask the question like what's actually so wrong with uh pornography or maybe lust in general and um me and quinn again we, we were talking about this and we we think as two single teenager unmarried guys as much as we can think about topics like this anybody's feel feel free to correct us but we think um pornography ultimately perverts and distorts god's um vision for sex because mm -hmm. sex is something God created. He wasn't surprised by it. It's very much in his yeah. in his plan. Um, one of the first commandments, maybe the first commandment, I can't remember off the top of my head, but in Genesis, Adam and Eve, um, be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth. Um, and sex is um, a fundamental part of uh, reproduction. But it, it's also something more. Because um, kind of, uh, I would say, the uniting theme in these three episodes would be... Um, they all relate to uh, fundamental desires we have. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, when it comes to weak faith, uh, that can come down to a fundamental desire to be accepted by people um, or a desire to know the universe. Um, and so that can lead us uh, astray or towards God. Um, when it comes to individualism and materialism, we have a fundamental desire to succeed somehow, to leave our mark on the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, with pornography, um, again, we were talking about this, and we think the fundamental desire that we're going to be focusing on a bit more in this episode is um, what I would say the ultimate desire people have. Yeah. Uh, a lot of lesser desires tie back to this. Some are unrelated, but I think this is the core desire all people have. And that's just the desire to both f um, know fully and to be fully known, preferably by the same person. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the beautiful things about God's um, design when he designed uh, the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman is that marriage um, facilitates that kind of knowing and being fully known in the best possible way. It's a committed relationship um, between two people of the opposite sex um, where not only physical intimacy is allowed to bloom, but emotional and spiritual intimacy as well. And and sex plays into that um, by almost representing this kind of union, right? The Bible says uh, a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined with, with his wife and they shall be one flesh. Mm-hmm. And um, sex is like... Um, it is it is a physical joining of a man and a woman, but it represents the emotional and the spiritual bonding that's happening there as well. And that's not just, it's not even just symbolic. There is actual emotional and spiritual bonding that takes place um, in, in sex. And, um, Oh, there is one more thing I was going to say there. Oh, and then, and then what's interesting also uh, in the old Testament is that um, the, the Bible uses the word no um, to refer to um, sexual intercourse, right? It says, um, Adam knew his wife Eve and she conceived. And that's just really interesting to me that um, of all the words the Bible could have chosen, it uses the word no mm-hmm. to talk about the actual act of sex. Um, and so if if sex is this um, integral part of the marital bond um, that unites people um, physically and emotionally and spiritually, if you take that out of its marital context and use it for something else, you're right away distorting its intended purpose. And when it comes down to pornography and maybe masturbation that goes along with that, it, it gets even worse because it, it shifts sex from this thing that's about bonding with your um, spouse. It takes this thing that's about um, fulfilling God's design, about having children, um, about becoming one flesh with another person, and you're using and you're in a not even fulfilling, but you're attempting to fulfill your sexual desire by yourself. Uh, what what you're saying is sex isn't about this relationship with another person or my relationship with God. Sex is about um, how I how good I can feel. Yeah. from it right and so that that's one of the big problems we we see with there's there's other problems we see with pornography um and the sexual practices that can go along with that but that that is one of the big ones that it destroys and distorts and perverts um god's vision for sex and th- and therefore if if we we we're, we cheat it um if we view pornography um and that's and thus we uh cheapen any true fulfillment that we could get um from these good desires that we do have and i think that's the place we want to start because everything kind of springboards off of that anything you want to add there or? no i think i think you nailed that that perfectly yeah, i think so. it was really good for a little while there. no that's good yeah Sweet. Okay, so so um, there we, we want to now talk about how um, somebody who is um, habitually viewing pornography, um, how that habit is going to affect their relationship with other people. Do you want to maybe start off yeah. this one and I can just stop talking for a bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there's definitely a big piece to that. And yeah, point it, it'll destroy, it can destroy friendships, relationships, um, marriages, many things. Um, but one of the effects of it and things that you don't even realize is that it will, it cheapens the relationship. 
you you end up devaluing the relationship with someone um and it and it actually looks like you don't value or that the relationship isn't worth anything to you mm. i think that's a big piece is we we sometimes do it without even realizing it yeah um but it's actually there's a lot under the surface more than just you viewing pornography it'll yeah it it has ruined many many marriages mm-hmm. um and it's because you don't see the relationship as worth anything to you. Yeah, uh, like when, when you say it's ruining um, romantic relationships. Yeah. Um, part part of that is the distrust. Um, yeah. It, it brews in there. Um, it's also, and and we might say like, why? Like, why does anybody care? Like, it's not like, um, like let's say there's a, a husband and he looks at pornography like three nights a week. Um, why should his wife care? He's not actually going and sleeping with another woman. He's not doing anything with anybody but himself. Like maybe the Bible says there's something wrong with that, and but that can be between him and God. Why? Why on earth should his spouse, or if it's a woman, her spouse care what they're doing by themselves? And I think part of that is um, the worldview of the culture around us creeping in, uh, where we say sex is just a physical act and nothing else. It's just um, uh, two, like I, there's that line from the office, or I can't remember where it's from, but two bodies sharing warmth, right? It's it's nothing special. It's like eating, right? Just a physical act that yeah. uh, fulfills us in some way, um, which is so untrue. Um this is this is part of the problem with hookup culture that I see um, is just somebody like y- you sleep with somebody one night and then you you know you never see them again but you're not in an actual committed relationship uh, and then you do that as many times you know rinse and repeat until you start to feel better yeah um and and if, if we think and this is the premise we're going from because I believe it's the picture the Bible paints um, that sex is something that strengthens the bonds of emotional and spiritual intimacy between two people um and we say like um like the bible says marriage is about that one flesh again right if you're entering into that one flesh it's like a physical covenant with somebody else right Mm -hmm. um if you're entering into that physical covenant with somebody, you're you're engaging in that almost spiritual practice of, of the one flesh with one person, uh, and then you never ever see them again, and then you do, go do the exact same thing with somebody else the next night, that like, that tears at your soul that rips at um who you are i mean the the whole story of the old testament we see the consequences of breaking covenants right like that's israel's horror story um and and so if if sex is this physical representation of a covenant between a man and a woman and and you're just playing willy-nilly with that um it's like uh, we i i told quinn the other day it's like lord voldemort in harry potter right like leaving bits of his soul everywhere and becomes yeah. and w- what does dumbledore say about him he's less than alive um mm-hmm. and that's a state that we can sadly very easily fall into and so that's one of the problems if you're in either a like you're dating somebody or you are married and um pornography use is something um regular or at uh, being in use at all that that is one of the big problems we see and that's why distress is going to grow in that relationship because we all know sex isn't just like sex like it's not just a physical thing that you're doing um by engaging in this behavior away from your spouse or away from like whatever um 
you are saying that you in some way need to be fulfilled by somebody else or by something else. Um, and, and then also on that note, um, maybe you're dating somebody or maybe you're single right now. Um, so you're not married. So maybe that distrust factor isn't as important. But I also want to talk about um, your like future marriages. And I know not everybody's going to get married. And, and I just want to, I do want to say that um, marriage is not God's design for everybody. Clearly, Paul says it's mm-hmm. like Paul definitely didn't think so. It's better to be single than to be married, right? Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that marriage um, isn't beautiful, isn't important. But I do want to say that when I'm talking about, I'm going to be talking about um, people people who are single or who are dating. I'm going to be talking about future spouses. I know that's not going to apply to everybody, and that's okay. Um, but principles um, against pornography abuse obviously still apply to single people as well. Um, but let's say you, you are going to get married one day. Um, if you're engaging in um, like self-sexual gratification right now, if you're engaging in pornography use right now, um, implicit in that action, me, me and Quinn talk about this, um, your beliefs are implicit in the way you act. The way yeah. you act in the world is a very easy way to see what you believe. And so implicit in that kind of um, behavior is the belief that sex is just about what you get out of it. And so if, if you are practicing that belief um, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, for years at a time, because most people, um, unfortunately, very, very tragically, um, get exposed to pornography early on in their teenage life, like maybe 11, maybe 12. Um, By the time they're 13, uh, most people have seen pornography of some kind. And unfortunately, a lot of people get hooked very early on as well. And they get married between their 20s and 30s. So they've been viewing porn for at least 10 or so years um, if you're engaging in that behavior for over a decade that belief is going to be like sunk into your skin that that sex is just about you and the pleasure you get from it and um here's an example um people often will say um i want to go across the world to tell people about jesus right um, and then, the, then there's a story about the pastor who says, well, how many people have you told about Jesus like here in the last week? And they're like, oh, well, not that many, but I'm going to tell everybody about him when I get to Africa or whatever. And the pastor always says no, because uh, if you're not evangelizing here, you're not going to evangelize there. And it's the same principle. If, if you're not practicing um, a healthy view of sex now, you are not going to practice it inside of your future marriage. Um, And so I just want to appeal to um, anybody who is dating anybody else, anybody who is single but wants to get married um, later on in life, start practicing, like figure out the ideals and the values that you want to drive your marriage and start practicing them now. Uh, so they're, they're already almost habitual, second nature by the time you get to that relationship. Because if, if you try to just pivot when you get there, uh, it's so sad because so many people get stuck in that. So, so the time to start practicing that, that healthy sexual ethic is now. You have something you want to say there. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, I really like that. What's your Yeah, I I like that. And I think there's a piece of what Yeah, what do you want your marriage to look like in inside of sex? Do you want it to 
yeah, I guess even just your marriage in general, what do you want your marriage to look like? Do you want it to be built on trust? Do you want it to be built on God? Because I think if your marriage is built on God, then everything, then you've got a firm foundation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you've been viewing porn for, like you said, let's say a decade or so, or even six months a year, um, that's going to set unrealistic that that's going to set you up for an unhealthy marriage. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't lead anywhere because right away, as soon as that gets exposed, there's distrust. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that distrust is, is terrible because it, it shows yeah, kind of like I said before, how there's not this value or this mm-hmm. worth in in the relationship, but what you're getting out of yes. this this self gratification from yeah. something that's not actually glorifying to your spouse. Mm-hmm. It's not helping you, and it's not glorifying God in any way whatsoever. Absolutely, yeah. And I think I, I liked that that bit about um, you said self gratification, but I think we both agree that it actually doesn't gratify the self no um, and that's the thing about it and that's that's actually this is a nice little transition point we want to uh, pivot a little bit now um start talking about how um, pornography can affect our relationship with god but the reason i latch on to what you said there quinn is because um going back to this desire that can often lead us to um pornography use but should be fulfilled in our marriages um the this fundamental desire to know fully and be fully known um, that ultimately, I, I think that, that in some sense sums up our relationship with God quite nicely, right? I mean, first Corinthians 13, I steal the language a little bit from that passage. Uh, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Yeah. Um, and th- that's a beautiful picture. Um, it, uh, Exodus talks about how, um, Moses saw God, um, face to face, like just that idea of connection, Adam and Eve in the garden, the original marriage, um, they were naked for a reason. Um, it, it symbolized just the absolute perfect intimacy that was between them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, you know, the story of humanity is kind of the story of getting back to the garden. Um, that's why Revelation ends with the tree of life like that. Um, but um, th- this desire to know fully and to be fully known should lead us into deeper relationship with God. Um but one of the things, and this is something you pointed out to me, Quinn, which I thought was a really good point, is that we often don't realize the potential enjoyment we can get out of our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. The potential enjoyment, fulfillment, satisfaction that comes from um, knowing God fully. Because uh, uh, it, this is one of the beautiful things is that because God is infinite, uh, we can never know him fully, which means no matter how well we know him, we can always know him better, wh- yeah. which is good because one of the interesting things about um, our um, perception of pleasure, this is inter- this applies to a lot of things, but one of the interesting things about our uh, human perception of pleasure is that we don't necessarily get pleasure from um, having achieved things, but through the act of achieving. Um, that's why when God calls Abraham um, out of his father's tent into the wilderness, um, that's a very good thing for Abraham because he's now engaged in a dangerous adventure. Um, and that dangerous adventure is part of the fulfillment of life. Um, and so all, all over our lives, um, in pleasure and enjoyment usually come from the pro that's i mean you've you've heard the saying um oh oh, how does it go um 
oh, I can't remember that off the top of my head, but there, there's different sayings and proverbs that kind of all lead back to the idea of um, it's not so much uh, the result, but the journey um, that takes you there. And I think that applies very nicely to our relationship with God because, and it's, it's amazing the way God, I assume, designed this, is that because our human senses um, and nervous system receives pleasure from the journey towards a pleasurable thing, even if it's like a difficult journey and it takes work, if that's where we get pleasure and God is um, knowable, but not fully knowable because he is infinite. That means there is an eternal journey that we can be on getting to know him more, which means even when we get to heaven and we spend eternity with him because he's infinite, um, we're always going to be able to know him better, which means there's always more and more pleasure we can receive from our relationship with him, which is just crazy. That's amazing. Isn't that awesome? Um, So, we don't realize the potential enjoyment we can get from our relationship with God. Um, Do you want to take off the next little bit there? I can keep. I can keep. I can keep monologuing. I, I, if you'd like me to, um, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think we don't. We don't realize the fulfillment and the enjoyment that we get from God. Right. That's yeah. that's kind of what your whole spiel was. Yeah. Um, and I think that's and and like we've talked about before, it's uh, what is the chief of man? It's to enjoy God and glorify yes, Him chief forever. Man, yeah. Um, and. I, I think that's so amazing and mm-hmm. that God is infinite and we're always going to be able to know him more. Um, yeah. That's truly a blessing. Yeah. Um, but I think we so often don't realize that. Yes. We often are like, my relationship with God is okay. Mm-hmm. It's it's good for right now. It's yeah. for where I'm at. Yeah. And I think when we start to have that view, um, we start to be like, my relationship with God, it starts, to, it slowly becomes yeah. about us. Yeah. Um, because it's like, I'm good. I'm good with where God is in my life right now, right? I think I've been in that place too. It's like, I'm okay with God being at arm's length even. Yeah. Um, but it's when we start to have that view, we, we start to shift our, our view on ourselves and not on God. When we start to shift our, our view on ourselves, we start to turn to things like porn. Yeah. And when we turn to that, we're ultimately going to realize, like like you said before, it's the self gratification that actually doesn't do anything for yeah, us, yeah. Um, and that hurts our relationship with God because we're not trying to glorify Him, we're not trying to enjoy yeah. Him yeah. because we haven't seen the depths of His mercy and mm-hmm. love. Yeah, that's really good. Um, because, yeah, God is a He's an everlasting Father. He's mm-hmm. a loving God. Yeah. Um, and and when we turn to things like porn, um, it just distorts that. It, yeah, it, it hurts it because we're cutting ourselves off from so much and what God has in store for us ultimately. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Um, I like so uh, earlier um, when we were talking about marriages, and you said um, pornography use um, can shift not just the physical part of the marriage, but the entire relationship towards yourself. That was yeah. a really good point, and it, I think it applies here as well. Um, because, like last episode, we talked about how success should not be focused on ourselves and what we can achieve, but what we can achieve for God. Right? What is yeah. the chief end of man uh-huh. to glorify God and enjoy Him forever? And so, part of this is. Um, I, I I really really like what you said there about how the entire our entire relationship with God can be about ourselves and what we can get out of it and that that's just a belief that can start permeating our whole lives that can start from this um, habitual use of pornography um, because 
pornography implicit in that action again is the idea that this is a, this is a thing that's about me and then that can spread to a lot of really good things in our lives um and so part of uh this um our relationship with God, and this is the, the story of the gospel in some sense, is turning from the glory of the self towards mm-hmm. the glory of God and chasing after that with everything we have. Um, we have to be, I mean, if we want to fully engage in our relationship with God and fully enjoy him and fully escape um the sinful patterns of our old life. We, we need to be like zealous for God. We need to like love his character. We need mm-hmm. to love his word. We need to love the his people, his church, the things he is actively doing in the world today. And we have to be humble before him too, yeah. uh, is something I want to slide into the conversation here. First uh, Corinthians 6 talks about how we are not our own. We were bought at a price. Yeah. Um, Man, there's that that hymn, how how deep the Father's love for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the verses goes like, it was my sin that held him there. Um, ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. Um, and that 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 is our position before Christ without the mercy of God. And, and yet, mm-hmm. God, like you said, the, the unfathomable mercy of God has been extended to us. And when we accept it, we become his. You are yeah. not your own. You were bought at a price. And, and yet you take that relationship and you spit on God. I, and we, I, I know I do it every day. Spit on God, act in a way completely unworthy of him yeah. and just turn tail and run the other way it's it's the prodigal son right like give me my inheritance now and then he just books it and he lives a life um of a degenerate he acts shamefully he ends up um eating the slop of pigs um which also in the jewish context of the story is especially reprehensible right um Mm because pigs were unclean and he's here's this man like on his knees just like eating their disgusting uh, food and that's us when we run from God, right? Mm-hmm. We, we are his children, but that doesn't mean we can't still run away from him. Um, and so maybe, maybe, that, maybe you are in the feeding trough right now. Maybe you are on your knees um, eating that pig slop, eating the most disgusting stuff, consuming the most disgusting stuff the world has to offer. And that's porn. Um, and that, that's a terrifying place to get it's uh, it's unfortunately in some ways an easy place to get uh because of our sinfulness um and before we move on to the next little piece here i just want to also throw out that um habitual sin um of this sort will distort your relationship and i and i want to be careful because there are some theological categories that go into everything but i also want to take the word of god seriously and i want to take sin seriously Mm -hmm. and so conditionally i won't get into it now but i will say that habitual sin of this sort um endangers your relationship with god um in a sense um so uh, i'll just i'll just put that out there um it, it endangers um your relationship with god and it also furthers god from you um yeah because you know once we are saved we are saved um 
but I, I'll, I'll just I'll read this passage from First John, and then we can discuss this. Uh, so First John one verse six through nine says, "If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth." But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. And if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Yet if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we cannot say we walk in the light while we practice the dark. Um and so that's a that's a call. Um, I don't believe that's condemnation. That's a call out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like at the, at the beginning of John's gospel, he says the darkness has not comprehended nor overcome the light. Yeah. Um, the light of Jesus is a light that will never be overcome by darkness. And so if, if you're running from that light, because I mean, John says people hate that light because uh, light exposes, it shows what's what nasty, scary, horrible, awful things have been hiding in the darkness. But if 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 that's what you're practicing, come into the light. It, it's light light not only exposes, yes, which can be scary, but light gives life. Yeah. Right. Like like mm-hmm. the light of the sun is is what charges the life of the world. Um and so I th- I think another piece that, that hits on that passage there is um Oh, what does it say in verse nine? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, forgives our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, and something that can very easily creep in with um, pornography use, and I, I would say for good reason, but it's something we want to talk about. Um, one of the effects um, on ourselves is just the shame that can come from it. Um, because, I mean, and I say fair enough because it is a shameful thing. Sin is, it, it, it's... It is sin, all sin is shameful in some sense. But one of the most beautiful and profound passages in the Bible is in Romans, um, I believe Romans, uh, where Paul writes, um, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Uh, And returning to that story of the prodigal son, yes, you may be that son who is on his knees eating pig slop, consuming porn like every morning and every night, and you don't know what to do with yourself. But when that son returned to his father, wanting to be like the least of his father's household, the least, most worthless servant, but anything to be near him. He, he essentially crawled back to his dad. Um, his dad ran to him, embraced him, kissed him, um, dressed him in the finest clothes and threw a feast for him. Um, and that that is also our position before God. Um, yeah. So if, if you're stuck, if, if you're feeling that shame, um, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I, I, I imagine, I mean, you think of like cleansing is that washing and I think of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, just that tender, soft, loving, hey, I, I know you're messed up, but I'm honoring you. Which is mind boggling, right? Yeah. Like just the humility of Christ in that moment is a humility he still gives to us today. Yeah. I, man, the shame, it's crazy what it does to us. Um, shame, yeah, it's its killed me in my walk over the past number of years. Um, and it's through working stuff like this, through my own struggles and stuff that we're talking about today, that 
I've had to dealt with shame for years. Um, and it's killed me to a point of like, man, who, it, it makes me believe lies. Shame will make you think you're not worth anything. Um, and that's a scary thing for everybody. Cause we all want to be like, we've said no known and be known, whatever you said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shame will just make us think you're not worth anything. You're not loved. Um, and for me, it went to some extremes. Um, but yeah, I think it's a long process. It's a slow process mm-hmm. of of getting out of that. Yeah. But it's a lot of prayer. Yeah. It's a lot of Lord. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who loves me because I I don't feel loved because I'm I'm in this right now. Yeah. Um. But will you help me? Will you guide me? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like like Chase said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God, yeah. God forgives you for that. Yeah. Y- you must know that. Yeah. God forgives you. He still loves you. Mm-hmm. There, There is grace. Yeah. There is mercy. Yeah. God, he, he loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. so what does that mean on our part? It means giving it to him. Mm-hmm. That means saying, Lord, help me. I, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. I I don't want to carry this shame, this mm-hmm. weight anymore. Mm-hmm. And God will say, okay, let's work through this. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know how many people have read uh, The Pilgrim's Progress, but um, there's the protagonist Christian who yeah. carries that burden on his back, right? And then um, he reaches the gates and he's been struggling under this burden. It's like killing him. He, yeah. he can barely walk anymore because of the weight of this um, burden, which is sin, which is guilt, which is shame. That's the burden on Christian's back. And then it just rolls off. Yeah. And he stands up straight and he's free. It's, it is it is just gone. Um, and uh, like you said, Quinn, it, it can be a process for sure. Um, but all the things that can come along with this, uh, we, we talked about like the depression that can come from struggling with sin like this, the anxiety of it, the, the shame, the guilt, all these things. Um, yeah, come to Jesus. Um, that's what I'd say. Uh, you said, like, I, I like what you said there, Quinn, um, Lord, I can't do this alone. Um, I mean, it's, it's the only way, the only proper way to come to the cross is on your knees absolutely broken yeah Uh, that's where jesus works um but also the idea like i can't do this alone god help me um how do do we think uh jesus is gonna work how do we work how do we do things we do things with our body right if i if i want to pick something up i'm gonna use my hands if i want to see i use my eyes if i want to walk i use my feet um and jesus works through his body too and his body is the church Um, we like to use the metaphor of the church as a body when we want to make everybody feel included and everybody important. Um, but it also applies when we want to know how Jesus is going to work in our lives, which can be scary because it means coming before the people in your church who, who in whatever form that might take, going to the people in your church, um, 
James talks about how we should confess our sins to one another, yeah. how we should forgive one another. And that's a vital part of healing. If, if you are serious about wanting healing in your life, because pornography is a spiritual battle as much as anything else, um, because, yeah. because it's sin and all sin is spiritual. Mm-hmm. If you are serious about wanting to be free from the maybe terrifying grip that this sin has on your life, um, then you need to take seriously what Jesus says about how to be free from stuff like this. Yeah. And so that means going to his body, going to the body of Christ, who who will respond in love, go to the body of Christ, confess, forgive, pray, work through this, be open, bring it out of the darkness into the light, because that's where healing happens. Um, it, it is going to be hard, I'm sure. It's going to take work. There may be setbacks, but always there is a father who is working with you, a Holy Spirit who is empowering you, and a son who has covered you with his blood. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. And so the least we can do is work as hard as we can to honor that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I don't know if there's anything else we want to say on this. Again, there's so much we could say. Um, Yeah. You guys can let us know if you want us to do anything else on this. Um, You can always reach out to us if you have questions, private concerns, fears, anything like that. If if you feel like you're not well connected enough in your church context to deal with stuff like this. but this, this is a very serious thing that will have ramifications, not just in your life, but in the life to come. So anyways, that's maybe all the treatment we can give it, unless there's anything else you want to say. Yeah, I think I also want to say we're not just two guys who run a podcast. We also want to help you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're, absolutely. We're definitely here for you guys. If you guys have questions, comments, concerns, reach out to us. We're we're here to help you in mm-hmm. in your faith as as we're learning and we're growing as yeah. we're still teenagers. Oh, we don't know everything. <laughs> uh, we yeah. we like to think we do. One of us does for sure. <laughs> it's me. I'm the one. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, yeah, I like that, Quinn. That's really good. Yeah. But yeah, we're definitely we're here for you. We're yeah, we're praying for you guys and absolutely. And whatever it is, we we want you guys to grow in your faith as as we're also growing and, yeah. and learning. Yeah, brothers and sisters in Christ. So uh, we're family and we are here. Um, so I think I think that wraps it up pretty good. Yeah. Um, sweet. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening uh, if you've made it this far. And uh, we'll see you next week for another episode. Sounds good. Peace. Peace.